0: I know, I know. It was either the Friday show or Thursday show from last week. We were we were talking about this, yeah. Hi, everybody. Hello, Brian Sussman here, talking off microphone. Uh, well, it's true, and welcome to The Brian Sussman Show, Tuesday edition, episode number 175. If you go back to, I think, Thursday or Friday show from last week, so that would be episode either 172 or 173. We were talking about Tucker Carlson, just in passing, talking about Tucker Carlson. I had mentioned he wasn't one of my faves. Now, maybe you feel differently about Tucker Carlson, and that's certainly right. He was obviously incredibly popular, otherwise he wouldn't have been, you know, in Fox's prime slot for so long. Uh, I just wasn't, I always felt personally, this is just me, just me. And by the way, he's going to land at his feet. The guy's a superstar in terms of popular media. He will land on his feet somewhere, so we don't have to worry about Tucker that if he doesn't land on his feet, uh, he's got enough money to buy a small island and live there the rest of his life. He's good. But my guess is be- he'll want to stay in the game. That's just what, you know, people in that biz tend to want to do. They just want to stay in the game. So, my problem with Tucker was I just I felt there were times where he was playing the audience, for example, I we, we all knew his feelings about Trump before the election. He was not a Trump fan in any way, shape or form. But then, after the election uh, and President Biden wins, um, then suddenly he you know he he was moderating his opinions greatly, and i just I just found it to be. You know, duplicitous. I thought he was playing the audience, and if m- many members of the audience knew how he was re- how he really felt on certain issues, they probably wouldn't be all that pleased. But in order to maintain a large audience, and in order to keep the revenues flowing, he played both sides incredibly well. Now, some will say, "Is that what a journalist is supposed to to do?" Well, a journalist, really and truly, a journalist would just give you the facts. Uh, point counterpoint. But the people that you see on Fox News, they're not, they're not journalists. They're, they're commentators. They're opinionators. They're influencers. So that was my, my concern with, with Tucker. And again, he'll wind up, well, now, why did this happen? My guess is, you know, the Dominion Voting Machine Company sued Fox News successfully for about three quarters of a billion dollars. And in emails that had been secured as a part of the trial, it was discovered that Tucker Carlson had a lot of very strong things to say about voter fraud. In other words, he thought there was none. And he made somewhat besmirching comments, belittling comments, if you will, to those who believed there was voter fraud. That's what he said in internal Fox emails. But then he would get on the air and he would bring people on the air that supported... Uh, the theory of voter fraud. So he was kind of, again, less, you know, playing it sort of both ways, trying to cater to as large of an audience as possible. And, and maybe Fox didn't like that, and maybe as a result of the lawsuit going down and three-quarters of a billion dollars having to be coughed up in the settlement, they cut him loose. I don't know. But that's probably about as good a theory as you'll find at this particular hour. Anyway, welcome to the program, Brian Sussman, com is my website, my Facebook page is Brian Sussman Show, and my Instagram for daily doses of inspiration. it's at Brian Sussman Show. Where am I going to go with this? As I've told you, I'm writing a new book and the title will be disclosed at a much later date. but I've been doing a lot of research on social justice and social equity. And the reason being is because they are tied, to the hip, or tied at the hip, with climate change. Now, I know for those of you with a rational mind, you're thinking, how? I'm not going to get into that right now. But I did want to talk about social justice because social justice and social equity, these are politically charged concepts. And if you say you're not for social justice, whoo! And if you say something that doesn't agree with the modern day context, whoo, right? And that's the same thing with social equity. So I just want to take a, a moment to break this down and I'll see what you think about this. But social justice is, is, a well, okay, let me go to the Wikipedia definition. Now, I know Wikipedia is not always the best source, but... It's a popular source, and sometimes there's stuff in the Wikipedia uh, portfolio that is just way out there and, and not true at all. But I think in this particular case, this is pretty good. Social justice is a concept that some use to describe the movement towards a socially just world. Okay, we're good? In this context, social justice is based on the concepts of human rights and equality, and involves a greater degree of economic egalitarianism through progressive taxation, income redistribution, or even property redistribution. Uh, I'll I'll stop myself. I'm about to jump out of my skin already, but I'll keep going here. These policies aim aim to achieve what developmental economists refer to as more equality of opportunity than may currently exist in some societies, and to manufacture equality of outcome in cases where incidental inequalities appear in a procedurally just system. Okay, the last part probably lost you. But let me just go back to the first sentence. (laughs) Because it lost me. Social justice. It's based on the concept of human rights. Now, these are not human rights as defined by God. These are human rights as defined by the current culture. Because human rights defined by the current culture are always going to going to change. They'll always evolve. Uh, that's why it's not fair oftentimes to look at history through a current lens. But and that's why, and that's why. And that's why Karl Marx said history means nothing. But social justice is based on the concept of human rights and equality, and who's not for equality, and involves a greater degree of economic egalitarianism. I'm going to talk about that word in just a moment, okay? Take a note, egalitarianism. Through, okay, here are the keys to getting social justice. Progressive taxation, okay, that means for those who earn more money, more money shall be taken from them. They even if you earn it legitimately, even if you work your poop poop off to get to where you are today, because you're making more money, progressive taxation says that money needs to be taken from you and given to the government to be doled out accordingly. Theoretically to the less fortunate Generally, it doesn't happen that way. The money we give to the government goes to all sorts of crazy things. But that's the idea, progressive taxation. And in cro- income redistribution, which is goes hand in hand with progressive taxation, taking from the wealthy and giving to the poor, or taking from the higher wage earners and giving to the poor. And, and the crazy thing about progressive taxation, let's just say... Um, you know, you're you're moving up the ladder in terms of your job and your career and your livelihood, and you're starting to make more money, but you're hardly rich. But the Internal Revenue Service looks on that year's income from which to tax you. You're not rich, but they want more and more and more. Uh, so that's that's progressive taxation. That's income redistribution and property redistribution. What does that mean? Well, Karl Marx was adamant about this. Karl Marx did not believe anybody should have a right to own any property, physical and intellectual, by the way. So what about your property? Um, This is why there is a move, a very, very, well, a move. This happens throughout most of the rest of the world. Uh, Once communists take over, they take over the private property. This is what's happened every time a socialist or true socialist government has come into power. Uh, a, a communist government has just been elected in, in Chile. They're in power. And they're already starting to make their moves towards private property. They're already making their moves, bo- by the way, towards education. They want to take over all the schools, including the Christian schools. So this is, this is what property distribution is also about. Those are all aspects of social justice. You need to know this. Because there are a lot of Christians that are all for this type of social justice. But, and they're wrong. From a scriptural standpoint, I just, I'm making a case that they're wrong. I'm not saying anything bad about my Christian brother or sister who might believe opposite me. Not at all. And please don't say anything bad about me. Because the Lord says we're not supposed to talk like that about each other. But the point is let me get to this word egalitarianism. This word, when it's coupled with phrases like income redistribution, property redistribution," uh, equality of outcome," etc, that says a great deal about the type of social justice we're talking about. Egalitarianism. that is, that's political doctrine. It promotes the idea that all people should have the same political, social, economic, and civil rights. You know, equal rights. This idea, stay with me, this idea is based on the foundation of inalienable rights enshrined in such documents as the Declaration of Independence. So on on the surface, it all sounds good. Yeah, I'm for egalitarianism. I mean... Everybody should be equal, politically, socially, economically, civil rights, all that. But as an economic doctrine, egalitarianism is the driving force behind socialism and communism. It is economic egalitarianism that seeks to remove economic inequality forcefully by taking from the wealthier and giving to the poor. It's, it's a taking without asking. It's taking your hard-earned money. It's taking your property. It's taking that and redistrib- redistributing it. That's economic egalitarianism. That's bad. Come on now. That's bad. No Christian should be for that. That's wrong. Listen, are there, are there greedy people and uh, evil people who have lots and lots of money? Yes, there are. Do I believe we should take that money from them? No. No, that's... They earned it. I mean, unless, unless they were drug lords or involved in trafficking or some evil activity, if they, if they made it legitimately, that's their money. And I'm not going to live with envy in my heart that I want what they have. I'm not going to do that. And we shouldn't do that. It's just This is just the way the world is. Uh, my gosh, you look, at, you look at some of the characters in the Bible, like Abraham, that guy was loaded. Lots and lots of money. But here's the deal. You know, there are people with lots and lots of money, and I've had the great honor and privilege and pleasure of meeting some of these people who are so generous with their finances. It's so cool. I remember meeting a guy um, he, I'm not going to mention his name, but he yeah, I won't mention his name. He founded a, there's several guys like this now that I think about it. He founded a a very well-known company in the Silicon Valley as well as other companies. And he was an inventor as well. And he invented things that you would, you have probably, you have indeed used one of his inventions. I remember this guy, this was way back in the day, like the 1980s or maybe the, probably the nineties, either way, way back in the day. I remember talking to him and he said, there's nothing I like better than making a million dollars and spending it on the mission field. So in other words, he saw money, let's make it, let's make a lot of it, and then let's spend it on the mission field. And what would he do with the, the money in the mission field? He'd build orphanages, and he would build hospitals, and he would he just did incredible things with his money. There are lots of people like that. Thank God. But there are not, not lots of people like that. If the government comes in and says, you know what? Economic egalitarianism, we're taken yours, and giving it and spreading it around. Yep, this, is, this is social welfare. Progressive tax policies take proportionally more money away from wealthy individuals in order to raise the standard of living for people who lack the same means. In other words, the government takes from the rich and gives to the poor. And that's not, that's not what this country was founded on. That's not in God's economy. In God's economy, it's all about you, you have a will, and you, you can use that will accordingly. If you want to give, you can give. If you don't want to, well, you're going to have to meet your maker face-to-face someday. Might have a little splaining to do. But the problem with this doctrine is twofold. First, there's a mistaken premise that in economic egalitarianism, the rich have become wealthy by exploiting the poor. And that's just not true. You can go back all the way to Karl Marx, and I've read so much of Karl Marx, as so many of you know. In fact, my two books on climate were really about Marx. And this next book is going to follow suit. But you can go and look at the socialist literature of the past 150 years. It promotes this. The rich became wealthy by exploiting the poor. That's... That's, that's at the heart of the Communist Mes- Manifesto written by Karl Marx. Second, socialist programs tend to use, or I should say, tend to create more problems than they solve. And, and they don't work. Welfare. Welfare uses public tax revenue to supplement the income of what? The underemployed, the unemployed, etc.? Um, typically, it has the effect of recipients becoming dependent on the government handout rather than trying to improve their situation. This is why I have personally believed forever that okay, what what is the party of welfare? You got two parties, Republican Democrat. Which is the party of welfare? Well, what happens then? They're able to keep. They're able to keep that group who's getting the handouts as a reliable voting block. Who's going to vote against the handout? They keep them as a reliable voting block. And it's, it's a shame. Because that's just human nature. When we're given something freely without asking and we keep getting the same thing over and over and over, it tends to make us It tends to to really take our incentive away. Now, what is the Christian view of social justice? Because there has to be one, right? Well, yes, there is. And this is where we should all agree. The Bible teaches that God is a God of justice. All his ways are justice, it says in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, 4. Bible supports the notion of social justice, justice in which... Concern and care are shown to the poor and the afflicted. The Bible talks about the fatherless, the widow, people not able to fend for themselves, people with no support. It, you can go to Jesus when he mentions caring for the least of these in Matthew 25. And in James' epistle, uh, the book of James, we see the nature of true religion, taking care of widows and orphans in their need. So if you're talking social justice Bible-wise, that means society has a moral, moral obligation to take care of those less fortunate. That is correct. This, the Christian notion of social justice is different than the contemporary. The Bible exhorts us to take care of the poor. In other words, Christians are encouraged to do what they can to help the least of these But what does the government do? The government, through taxation, redistributes wealth and the policy doesn't encourage the giving out of love and care and meeting needs. But instead, by doling out the dough, what they're doing is building resentment, pitting us against them, rich against poor. You know, wealth is not evil in the Christian worldview, but there is, if you are a wealthy Christian, you do have a responsibility and an expectation to be a good steward of your wealth, because all wealth comes from God. The other thing here is that it's interesting because the framers of this country, they understood in terms of in terms of the human rights, they looked to a guy named John Locke, who was an English philosopher. Uh, from the 1600s. That's where the whole Bill of Rights was, came from, from John Locke's writings. And John Locke was a brilliant, wonderful, excellent Christian man by all accounts. Uh, died way too young. He was 35 when he died. He was really a fascinating individual. But what a great thinker. He came down to this. He said there are natural laws, natural laws. These are laws that God puts in all of our hearts. The ability to know right and wrong, the ability to know good from evil, the, the, we, we have that just, that's, that's ingrained. That's in our hard drive. Now we may not, we may not follow, you know, that moral code that's in our heart, but we know, we know. So there's that. But the other part of it is he said, here's what God allows for every individual on the planet. Life. You have the right to life. You have a right to liberty. What is Liberty. Liberty is the government staying out of your business. And also, you have a right to own property. Those are called natural laws. Natural laws. Now, I just have to say something about liberty because our founders said a lot about this. The, the right to, for the government to stay out of your life, to stay out of your hair. However, that assumes that you're acting in a biblical manner. A biblical manner meaning following the commands of the Lord. So when you you take another's life, when you violate the various precepts in the Ten Commandments, there can be penalties imposed by the government. But there's nothing in God's moral code that says, take from the rich and give to the poor. That should be something one does of their own accord. Am I making sense here? I certainly hope so. So there's a tension between God-centered social justice and man-centered social justice. The man-centered social justice, they want to bring in a utopia through government policies, and every time that has been tried, it has failed miserably. So God help the United States of America. Man, we are in some kind of a pickle. But I know there are good people. I know there are good people, and I know people good people are getting very, very concerned right now. And I think, I think God himself is getting concerned right now. And that's why I'm praying that there's going to be just an absolute revolution, a spiritual revolution that sweeps this nation and the world. BrianSussman.com. Facebook, Brian Sussman Show. Daily doses of inspiration at Instagram, Brian Sussman Show. Thank you for joining me until next time.